0: and get the grass and and get all of those impurities out and also those hidden air pockets. We said last week that those hidden air pockets were a type of sin, a type of sin that's hidden in our life that on the outside nobody can see. On the outside it's not really uh, readily seen, but God knows they're there, the potter knows they're there. And if the potter lets that vessel go through the fire with that hidden pocket in that vessel, then it would destroy the vessel because heated air will explode and it will destroy the vessel. So he wants to do everything he can to, to, to find that area and get that area out. But one thing that we must understand, we are all, we are all vessels that have a free will. There's one thing about clay, real clay. Sure enough, clay dug out the ground. It's just going to do whatever's manipulated by the potter. But God has given every one of us a free will. We have a choice. We can either mold to the shape he's trying to mold, or we can bow up and we can have an attitude with God and we can deny what he's trying to say, or we can let him do what he wants and make us into what he would have us to be. How many of y'all know that's the truth? Say amen. amen. Now, here's the thing. How many have ever prayed and and said, Lord, take this out of my life, or Lord, help me with this problem, Lord, help me with this problem, and wonder why you still have the problem? There's been times in my life I said, God, take this away from me, or God, help me with this, or God, I have this issue, and God, you do this. Well, there's one thing that we need to understand. The Bible says, sanctify yourself. Be ye holy, for I am holy. What does that mean? God will never do for you what he's commanded you to do. How many, how many has God ever come down out of heaven and came and took the remote control out of your hand? No, that was, that was your wife, amen. That's, that's who that was. God's never come down and, and, and made sure and put blinders on my eyes when I went. So he hasn't ever done that. Because God's not going to do for us what he has commanded us to do. The point of the matter is, God wanted me to teach this morning and preach on the subject, doing my part. Yes, there is a process. Yes, there is something that God, the potter, will put his clay through to get his vessels to be what he wants them to be. But we all have a part. Say amen. Let's read in in Mark chapter number 14 and verse 27. Are you there? Say amen. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But, Peter, good old Peter. Listen, he was was kind of rambunctious, he was kind of quick out the mouth, and he was ready and willing all the time, and it kind of got him in trouble sometimes, but but he's a good fellow. Say amen. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended. In other words, how, what do you reckon the rest of the disciples thought about that statement? Peter said, all the rest of them will, but not me. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in the night, in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake more, who's speaking? G, or not, excuse me, Peter. He spake more vehemently. In other words, they got him mad. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I pray. And he saith, He taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and begin to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful. Unto death tarry here, and watch. For he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, I have a father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them, Peter, James, and John. All three of them were asleep, but who did he address? He saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest thou not watch one hour? Then look in verse number number 72. Verse number 72. And the second time the cock crew, Peter called to mind the word that Jesus saith unto him. Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he... According to Matthew 26, about the same issue, Matthew 26, 75. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crowed, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. The word bitterly means painful, violent. To the point, have you ever been to that place where you cried so much you didn't have any more tears coming out your eyes? That's what he's talking about. Dear Heavenly Father, bless your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I know some of you are probably wondering how in the world, what does this mean? have to do with the potter and the clay. Uh, I, was, I, I had planned I had planned initially to, to begin a series on getting the house full. He said he wanted his house to be full, yet there is room. God has, uh, He has done a great work at temple. He's provided more room. He's provided more opportunity. Uh, the little circle, and some of you'll know what I'm talking about, the little circle has expanded and it's now ready for the big circle. And 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 here we are, and God's really got us set ready for a great thing. But God said we're not finished dealing with the other topic. Uh I, I want to be very practical in my preaching. I, 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 I always hate it when I go to a, a church service, go to a revival meeting or a or a, a camp meeting and and that preacher will put you in the carpet. I mean he will he will tell you how low down and how wicked and how how awful and everything that you are, but then he'll leave you there. It's like it's like the surgeon who cuts you open and says, yes, there's a problem, and then walks out the room. You know, man, sew me back up or something, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I want to be the type that when God does reveal a problem, all right, what do we do about it? How do we fix it? I don't want to just know I got a problem, man, tell me what I need to do to fix it. Tell me what I need to do to help it. And boy, that's what God has done for us today. But in the, in the beginning, uh, just as a way of intro, I want to I share with you a natural response that most all of us have. Probably every single one of us, bar none, have, have, have done this, have gone through this, and, and will probably continue to go through this as we get help with it. But we always have a response to when God reveals something in our life. Nobody likes to be told they have an issue. Would you all agree? Nobody likes to be told they have a problem. Nobody, uh, listen, mamas and daddies don't like to be told little Johnny is an issue. Every black bird thinks their bird's the blackest. Say amen. I mean, you tell that mama that little Johnny is, and boy, they'll just get and mad because they don't want to know, and it's always, boy, he's just with the wrong crowd. You know what, that's what all the other 20 mothers said about your kid. Somebody has got to take responsibility. And when when God reveals something to our life and he's got his hands on, and he knows exactly what our problem is. He knows exactly what need we have because his hands are there. He knows our life. He knows our hearts. I mean, he goes way beyond what you and I can see. All of you look like Ken and Barbie this morning, but I promise you we all go home. Say amen. We all put on our Sunday suit and our Sunday smile, but I promise you this, we deal with God and the devil every Monday morning, and God knows what we have, and God knows the issues that are there, and God reveals them to us, but sometimes, many times, we don't respond like we ought to respond. We see this story, Jesus sees an issue with Peter. He sees that Peter has a problem. He has an issue that's going to get him in trouble. And Jesus reveals that to Peter, but the first thing that happens is denial. Denial. I don't have a problem. Everybody else has the problem. I don't have a problem. Everybody else will deny you, but I'm not going nowhere. Everybody else, they may run out on you, but they don't love you like I do. Everybody else has got the problem, not me. And you know what? We'll even get like Peter did. We'll get mad about it. Because somebody shares, somebody loving, somebody cares about your situation, somebody sees. One of the maddest times I ever got at my dad uh, uh, was what, which was very few times. Amen. But I come home from I come home from Bible college one time, and and, uh, and and he said this to me. He said he said man, he said you've got it. He said you've got the outlining skills, and you've got the preaching skills. And he said now you just need some humility. I said, what? I thought, what? What? How dare him? I'm humble. Just ask me. But boy, that flew all over me. And you know what? He was right. But it made me. You know what? God will come in and the preacher will be preaching. And son, he'll tap dance on your toes and he'll say right, he'll listen, he'll park right in your garage and beat the horn, and you'll get so mad, and you'll think, hmm. And the only thing is, is the potter's got his hand on your life. Oh, look out, he has found something. I have found out this, when you throw a rock in a pack of dogs, you know the one you hit, that one that goes to howling? That's true. And our first response to what God is trying to do with us is denial. I don't have an anger issue. You just punched him in the mouth. And I don't have a problem. These people shouldn't make me angry. It's everybody else. They shouldn't make me. Look. (laughs) But you're always in the middle of it. And God's going to keep these people in your life to make you angry till you deal with your anger. But you know what we will do? I ain't got no problem. I ain't got no problem with pride. I ain't got no problem with lust. I ain't got no problem holding grudges. I have 50 people on my list, and if you want to get on it, all right, here we go. But I don't have a problem. And then they go right out of that after Jesus instructs them and tells them, man, and tells them what the issue is. And I mean, even get specific to the point, you're going to deny me. Then they go into the garden and they go right to sleep. See what happens? God will reveal in our life first we'll deny it and then we'll disregard it, we'll ignore it, we'll ignore what the preacher said. We'll ignore what the Word of God says. We'll ignore what the Holy Spirit's saying in our heart and trying to tell us that we have an issue. And we'll just ignore it, hoping that it'll go away. But you know what? It's kind of like a cancer. You ignore it, and it's just going to get worse. We move from denial. What's the first stage? Then we go to disregard. Let's just move on along like everything's okay. Let's just move on along. We'll just go on. And you know what they did? They went right to sleep in the garden. Who did... Who did Jesus address when they went to sleep? Peter. Who was the one that had the problem? That's right. Jesus spoke to him specifically, even to this point, said, Satan's, Peter, Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He's seen an issue, but Peter denied it. Now he's disregarding it. He's going right to sleep on God. But in verse number 72, we find out, that he went and he did exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. He went out and wept bitterly. And, and it, listen, we go from denial to disregard to disappointment. Disappointment. Listen, if we don't deal with an issue in our life, it's not going to change. It's not. Well, I say it's not going to change. It's not going to get better. It just gets worse. Till ultimately, there is an explosion. For instance. Do you, know, do you know that there are bombs in France still killing people from World War II? In 19, I think 1996, there was, there was a, I read it, I wished I'd have copied it, but I didn't. But there was a number of people that were killed by bomb, unexploded bombs that had fallen, that had dropped from, uh, from planes during the war, that, that people with, that are farming, that they will come and they will, they will be plowing a field and they will hit. I'm talking about uncovered. They're, here they are, they uncover this bomb and explodes and kills people. What's that got to do with us? There are hidden things in many of our lives that's there. It's just a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. And here we are. We get into this relationship. We get into this situation, whether it's with a spouse or whether it's with a friend, and all of a sudden something happens, something said that shouldn't amount to a hill of beans, and then boom, here it is, a big explosion. It didn't have anything to do with that situation. It was just a hidden anger that was way back there that was never dealt with. Amen. Amen. Rachel, what are you saying? This is all I'm saying. I wanted to use this story as an intro to help you understand. If God reveals it, deal with it. Don't deny it. Don't disregard what God's trying to do in your life. He's not doing it to make you mad. He's not doing it to hurt your feelings. He's doing it to make you better. He may be doing it to save your marriage. He may be doing it to save a relationship you have with a dear friend. He may be be doing it to deal with your financial situation to keep you from going into bankruptcy. He may be doing it to save your life. But don't deny it. Church, say amen. I'm going to give you two things, and we're going to pray. Two things. Number one, now, this is what you're going to say. This is what you're going to say. I know you're going to say this because I thought this. You're going to say, well, this is just too simple. Can't you, can't you do any more studying than that? Not till you get past this? Why should we go to step three when you ain't even done step one? Amen. You're going to think what I'm telling you right now, well, that's just you. That's, I've always heard that. Okay? Then we need to move from hearing to doing. Number one. Help me, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. What do we do? What do we do when there is something revealed? What do we do when God uncovers that situation? When God reveals to us what is there that we need to address? Number one, there must be, the first step is scriptural application. Scriptural application. Psalms 119.9. And I'm going to get specific, so just, just bear with me. Psalms 119, 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. John 15, 1 through 3. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. and Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. He purges it or prunes it, takes away things that don't need to be there, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean or purged through the word which I have spoken unto you. What does that mean? That God will see issues in your life and he will get them out through the word of God. The preacher will preach the word of God. The teacher will teach the word of God. We will bring that forth and all of a sudden God starts revealing things in our life that on the surface we didn't even realize it was there and we don't even realize it's keeping us from bearing more fruit for God and now here we are with an issue, what do we do about it? How do we take the Word of God? How do we apply Scripture to our life? Two ways. Two ways. First, A, through meditation. Through meditation. Now, I, I'll give you a couple of verses, and I'm going to give you an easy application. Meditation. Psalms one twenty, verse 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. John eight. this book of the law, or excuse me, Joshua eight. this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Psalms 97. oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Go through thy commandments hast made me wiser. Uh, thou through thy commandments have made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. Watch this statement right here. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. What does that mean? One thing that we have we we, we have started doing here at Temple is in our small groups during the week, we meditate, we contemplate, we think about what was preached on Sunday. And it has made a drastic, drastic difference in the lives of our people here at Temple. Because it's not hear it once and forget about it. It's hear it, now let's talk about it, let's think about it, let's apply it, let's do the Word. The Bible says we are to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. What does it mean to meditate? Does that mean that we have to uh, 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 we have to memorize Genesis through Revelation? No, not, not, not technically, that's not what it's talking about. Meditation is pondering. It's focusing, letting it soak in. I, I, one of the greatest things I've ever done is or read a verse at the beginning of the week and thought about it all week long. I've, I love going to bed reading a verse because in the morning I'll, I'll have thought about it during the night somewhere or another and man, God will begin to speak to me in my heart about what that verse is. Let me give you a good old-fashioned country illustration of, 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 of meditation. How many of y'all have ever seen a cow? Okay, how many of y'all have ever drank milk? It came from a cow, all right? Now, this cow's out in the field. How many of y'all have ever seen that cow, and it's just standing up looking around, but it's doing this? You know what? That, he's chewing its, y'all are country. It's chewing its cud. What is, what is that? It's grass that has been previously plucked. Say amen but has been brought back up for meditation. Amen? That's all it is. Going into it, thinking about it. Some of y'all are doing this. This is what some of y'all are doing. You're thinking you got to get a quota field, So you're, you're speed reading through your chapters in the Bible, and when you get finished reading, you can't even remember what you read. That has done you absolutely no good. Because God is not up in heaven keeping a roll, check mark, to see how many verses you read. It's not about that. I would rather you read three verses and remember what they said than 30 verses and can't tell me what any them meant, any of them. Meditation. Meditation. Let me say something. This is probably going to get me in trouble, but I can't help it because God put it on my heart. <coughs> my dad had, had some cows and, and, and some calves. And at some point, you got to separate the cows from the calves. And them calves, Miss Sheila, will them calves not howl all night long? I mean, they'll beller all night. long. They do not like being weaned from their mama. But you know what? It's for their best good, isn't it? It's for their. Listen, it's you're trying to do what's best. They got it. They need that. It don't feel good to the cow. The cow, listen, uh, the cow don't like it. The calf don't like it. Nobody likes the situation. But you know what? I have learned this. God let me see something. In this past year, we stopped. We changed our our, our program structure around, and and, and, and we, we, we didn't have a Sunday night service, and, uh, and, and here we are. And, and boy, there was a lot of howling going on. I'm not getting enough of the Word. All right, here's what God showed me. That is your fault. There are way too many Christians that are being spoon-fed, hand-fed the Word three or four times a week, and that's all they get. And they're not going to get it for themselves, and they're staying immature because they're letting everybody else do their studying and thinking for them. And they're not growing up. And we're wondering why we're having church splits and shallow Christians and people falling all apart, because they couldn't go in the Bible and find nothing for themselves if they, if they had to. Well, I just don't like that. You know what God told me? He said, son, if you don't develop this in your people, if you don't develop this kind of maturity where they can go to the word on their own, and if they don't do this, what's going to happen when the swine flu spreads and you can't even go to church? What's going to happen when our government turns communist and they outlaw the Bible and they outlaw church and you can't even get to the house of God? What are you going to do about your spiritual food then? I don't think it'll ever come to that. I didn't think it'd ever come to this. The point being, we need strong, mature Christians. And if the only word you ever get is what you get here, you're not going to be a strong, mature Christian. Amen. Have you ever taken the Bible? Have you ever taken the Bible? And this brings us to B. We need application through meditation and memorization. Let me read these verses, and then I'll I'll share with you. Psalms 119.11. Now, by the way, on that other note, we are providing many, many classes for greater opportunities to get the Word. But God allowed us a period of time. And I wonder in that period of time how many went to study it for themselves. Listen, I'm not not getting on to nobody. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm just telling you where we are. There may come a day, there may come a day when you can't even gather together. What are you doing in your personal walk with God? It's not about y'all. It's about you. Because I'm very strong in this crowd, but it's in my weakness when I'm by myself. And that's where we need the strength. And it's not what you do as far as the Bible with crowds that's going to make you strong in the battle. It's what you do on your own. I had a a friend of mine, a friend of mine, I went to school with this guy, uh, uh, Charles Johnson Jr. Charles Johnson Jr. was the the, the starting catcher for the Florida Marlins when they won their first World Series. He was a senior, I was a freshman in in, uh, high school when we played baseball together. His dad was our varsity uh, coach, our varsity baseball coach, and and everybody was always together most of the time. Most of the players, uh, including me, when 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 we we would work out if we was with other people, and we would go with the crowd, and we would if we'd run it would be. But if it, nobody else did, we really not him. All the time, I'd go in and there was nobody in the weight room but Charles Johnson Jr. and he was working out he was, I'm going to be the best. I'm going, I mean, every time he'd throw the weights up, he, but he was on his own. And you know what? He went to the World Series. He's got a World Series ring, probably got more money than I'll ever see in a lifetime because of what he did on his own. And what he did by himself reflected on the ball field. And we are failing in battle because of what we're not doing one-on-one with the Word of God and with the power and presence of God. Memorize the word. Psalms 119.11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not what? Wow. Look at there. Go to the next one. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Watch this. Watch this next one. Watch this right here. The law. What are we talking about? Being victorious. Overcoming that area in our life that we're having trouble with. The law of his God is in his Watch this, none, how many? None of his steps shall slide. Do you know what the first thing that God told Joshua before he went into the promised land? The first thing God told Joshua was this, do not let the word of God come out of your mouth. In other words, don't let it not be there. Always meditate on it. Always think about it. In the morning, in the evening, Think about the word of God. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It was all determined on what he did with God's word. I promise you this. How many of you ever did this? Now, this application, this will be in your small group, so I'll give you you a hint so you can be thinking about it to answer it on the way. Amen? How many of you ever gone to the Bible specifically for the purpose of finding a verse to help you with a need or an issue that you had in your life. You looked it up, you learned it, you thought about it, you memorized it to use in the battle against temptation or an issue that you had. See, this is so easy, but we're so not doing it. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, he came to him. He came to him and he said, if you be the son of God, Turn these stones into bread, because he had been fasting 40 days. And he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. He came to him again and and took him to a high pinnacle and said, Listen, if you would just bow down to me, I'll give you all of these things. He said, Oh, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only him shalt thou serve. Every single time, it is written. It is written. Why? Jesus lived by faith as a human being on this earth to give you the illustration of how we ought to live and we will defeat Satan not by hollering at the preacher, not by calling Bertha at the beauty parlor, not by calling Bubba at the barbershop. We will, listen, we will gain victory in our lives by putting the word of God in our heart. The word of God is the sword of the spirit and when it comes time, he'll bring it out and use it when it's needed. But you got to put it there. I can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. It's up to you. It's time to grow up. We can't depend on everybody else for our spirituality. I could not depend on my dad as much as I love him, as much as he loved me. He couldn't put into me what I needed. I had to do it on my own. It's time we put our boots on, pull them up, and get in the battle and do what we are to do on an individual basis. We don't need shallow shouters. We need strong, stable soldiers. Anybody can shout. Boy, it takes a strong soldier to stand in the battle. When everything is falling out around them and everything's falling down, it says stand. When having done all to stand, stand. Listen, fireworks are very short-lived. They're pretty for a few minutes, but then they're gone. Stand. What are you doing with God's word? Is the only time you see God's word when you pick it up to go to church on Sunday morning? Is there as much dust on the Bible as there is on the cabinet? Could you even find it this morning? Or is it still in the lost and found closet? You know, some of you think I'm mad. I am, it's Satan. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of like the kind of like the sergeant that, that sees the new recruits coming on the battlefield and sees how they're not taking things seriously. And I know when they get in that helicopter and they get dropped off in that zone, they're fixing to lose their life. And I'm seeing many people come to my office being blistered by Satan. Your lives are being torn to shreds. Not because God hadn't provided what we need. It's because we're not taking advantage of what he's given us. Yes, this is very elementary. Thank God. God wanted to make sure the dumbest among us, and that would be me, could make sure and do what needs to be done to fight Satan. But we're not doing it. What's the first step to dealing with that issue in your life? Scriptural application. I've got some, I'm I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I need everybody to look at me. We may not even go to the second point because this, this is way too important. I want everybody to see this. I got your attention, undivided attention, all the way to the back. Look at me. On In the back, is it on the back table? Somewhere in that you. Do not leave before you get this. I made a list of verses with a list of issues. Uh, anger, pride, temptation, lust, whatever. I made a list of issues that are there with Bible verses beside that. If you find on that page your issue, take that home. Write those verses out in a in a three-by-five-card index card. Stick it in your pocket and take it to work and memorize. Why? Because that's what's going to make a difference in your life. They're on the back. They're back there. Please don't leave without them. Now, I got another thing, too, on the bottom of that paper, because I may have missed one. And you may have an issue that you don't want nobody to know about. So here's what I want you to do. If you will take that, if you will take that bottom and you'll cut that bottom off, And you'll write there your issue, whatever it is you're having issues with or whatever you're having a problem with. And you want to, listen, verses to deal with that, you write it down in that card and we'll put it on a box back there or whatever we have back there. Make sure we have something back there. Brother Bob, if you'll make a word to Brother Dustin. And I think there's something back there. There's a basket back there. You fold it up real tight and you put it in that basket and I'll be the only ones to see that. And I will look these verses up for your issue, for your need, and I will get them to you next week. But you need to do this. You need to do this. There's no reason that we should fall on the battlefield. We are victorious. We have victory in Jesus. We have all power through His name. We should not be falling. We should not be failing. We should not be struggling like this. We should be victors. We should be shouting the victory for God because God has given us everything that we need for victory. It's time we pick it up. It's time we quit going to battle with guns that are not loaded. There's going to come a time you're going to run into the devil and you're not going to have time to call me. You're not going to have time to call your friend. You don't need to. The Bible says be ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. I'm not saying you have to be a Bible theologian. I'm not saying that you have to be a professor. I'm saying this. You know your weakness. I know mine. And we all have them and you've been in this thing long enough, you know what yours is, then do something about it. Quit just sitting on your behind, sucking your thumb, saying, God, take this away from me. God says, grow up. If I give you a fish, I'll feed you for a day. But if I teach you to fish, I'll feed you for a lifetime. God wants us to grow up people are going to hell every day dying all around us well how do you know we have this such a problem well because number one there's the same divorce rate in the church as there is in the world should that be I mean we sing God can do anything 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 we sing that that, that we have there's greater he that's in me than he that's in the world and we're dropping like flies it's not God's fault. God gave us the armor. God gave us the weapons. God gave us the knowledge. And God will give us the strength to do it. But you got to go get it. You got to go get it. That second one's important too, but we may talk about it next week. What are you doing with your Bible? What are you doing? I don't know how to read. It's on tape. There's no excuse. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Listen, they make it on CD. If you cannot afford it, I'll give you. I'll pay it out of my pocket. I'll buy you a CD. I'll buy those sets for you. I, you need this. You're acting desperate, preacher. We are in a desperate situation. Why do you feel that way? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. He's roaming about seeking whom he may devour. He will devour you. You don't have something to bust him in the mouth with. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder. It's easy. What I said that we can do for our issues is